0: How are we doing? Are we okay? Well, I didn't think I was going to get to preach today because, you know, Anna, Anna starts singing and prophesying what I'm preaching, then Dale starts talking about it, and I thought, you know. So I'll give you the summarized version, all right? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 3, and we'll read a big story because telling stories is good. Looking for Daniel, just sort of find Psalms in the middle and turn right. He's in the middle of all the prophets. Now, in this situation, we've got Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon, and the Jewish people have been captured. And what Nebuchadnezzar used to do, or the Babylonians used to do, was they would come and they would invade a land. So, in this case, they invaded Israel. And what they do is they go through and find the best of the best. So, they went through, and he would get the, the best up and coming young kids. It's like an AFL draft. You know, they go through and find all the best ones. Well, he'd do that. He'd go through and find all the most intelligent, the most learned, the most up-and-coming young people he could find. And he would take them back with him because the thinking behind this was if he took all the leadership away, there was no one bright enough or smart enough or strong enough to lead the people in a rebellion. Right? So he would take all the smart ones and they'd bring them back to Babylon, and then they would school them in the Babylonian way. And we all know that the Babylonian system is the world system as opposed to God's system, yeah? You get that? If you don't get that, we can do a whole series on that. All right? And the whole Babylonian system is designed around control. Important to remember that, all right? It's designed to control and to keep you. The the financial system we have now is the Babylonian system. It's designed to control you. It's designed to keep you where you are under control so you don't get forward. All right? So you borrow and you borrow until you owe and then you are under control of whoever you owe to. Anyway, that's a side system. Let's not go there. Maybe we should. Anyway, so in this situation, you got Nebuchadnezzar. In chapter 3, verse 1, the king, he made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, his width, 60 cubits. In other words, it was big. Okay, And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then he made a decree, to give you the summarized version, and we'll jump down a bit further. But he makes this decree and says, Whenever you hear the music playing, you all need to come out and bow down to this image of me. So it didn't matter who you were, you come and bow. Now, there's three guys. Verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. In other words, these Chaldeans, they were the, the wise guys from that area, and they were the guys who bought in as well. And they've come to Nebuchadnezzar and they said, we don't like these guys, then we're going to dob on them. Because they figured if they told on these other guys, then you know they get some favor with the king and they get more special things. So he says, You, O king, verse 10, made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And there were certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you want to remember the names, just remember shake the bed, make the bed, and into bed you go. Everyone doing kids' church, great way to teach it. And these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They don't serve your gods or worship the golden image which you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to him, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You do not serve my gods or worship the golden image I've set up. Now, if you're ready at the time, you hear the music in symphony with all kinds of music, that you fall down and worship the image I've made, then good. But if you don't worship, you'll be cast immediately in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is God who will deliver you from my hands? So Shadrach, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, you're a wise man. You know how it works. You know what happens. You know what's going down. But if that's that's the case, our God, in other words, if that's what you're going to do, throw us in the furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he would deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, in other words, this is where it gets confusing. I'm going to read this this next verse, and I think, if he doesn't deliver us. That's not what they're saying here. What they're saying in this verse is, if you don't throw us in the furnace, all right? He's not saying if we don't get delivered. He's saying if you don't throw us in the furnace, if you, but if not, in other words, if you don't throw us in the furnace, let it be known to you, O King, we don't serve your gods, nor we serve the golden image which you've set up. So you've got three guys who are going, you know what? We serve God. You may have dragged us out of our home. You may have dragged us to a whole new country. We may be here by ourselves, no family, no friends. It's just the three of us. We're it. But it doesn't matter because God is still with us in this situation. God is still loving on us. So Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury and expression on his face, changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he spoke and commanded they heat the furnace seven times. Now let me ask you, how hot does a furnace have to be to burn you? It just has to be hot, right? It just has to be fire, right? Fire burns no matter how hot it is, right? Because it's fire. I mean, you get fire and you put the fire out and there's still burning hot coals down there, they'll still burn you, right? Yeah. But he's a bit angry, so he makes the thing seven times hotter because that makes all the difference, you know. But isn't that what the devil does? Makes things hotter? Yeah? We'll get to that later. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach. So he gets his big guys from his army to bind them up and to throw them into the burning furnace. And verse 21 says that they're there in their coats. They're fully clothed. They've got their turbans on their head. They've got everything on. So their clothes are going to burn as well, right? And they're thrown in the furnace. And it goes on to say, when he throws them in, that the guys that threw them in died from the fire because it was so hot. And they get in the fire and they're in there and, sh- and the king looks and what does he see? He sees the three of them walking around and there's a fourth one in there. And he says, the fourth one looks like the son of God. I want to jump out of that story and come back to it in a minute. Is that all right? So they come out and they're not burnt. They don't smell like smoke. They're all fine. All right? Nothing's happened to them. I want to go back to Genesis, because I want us to learn how to live a spiritual life, how to live it in real power, how to live it in authority, how to live like we're supposed to live. Go to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to do a little bit of Bible jumping here, but this is really important to get this, all right? Actually, go to Genesis chapter 2 instead. And verse 16. And it says, are we there? Are we okay? Everyone there? Give me a praise the Lord. God is good when you're there. And if you're not there, that gives you more time to find us. Eh? And the Lord God commanded, verse 16, the man saying, so he's talking to Adam, right? This is God talking to Adam. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. Now what did, I, what, did, what did Adam do? He went and ate of it, right? He committed treason. He knew what he was doing. He ate of it. Did Adam die at that point? Or was he still walking around breathing? He was still walking around breathing. So did God lie? No, what happened to Adam and Eve at that point is they died spiritually. They suffered a spiritual death. You see, I want us to understand this. When Adam and Eve, before they sinned, when they walked around, they were led by their spirit. They weren't led by what they could see through their eyes or hear through their ears. Because you see, that would be... your eyes are just like a portal. They're like a window. Do you know that? All right. So if you look through the window, you don't really look at the window, do you? You look through what's on the other side. Your eyes are the same. They're a window to what's outside and they feed information into your brain. And it's by your mind that you think and that you act and that you do things, right? Yes? You respond to what comes through the windows of your eyes. And it's the same with what you hear. Right? The sound comes in your ear and goes in and your brain processes it and your mind teaches you how to react to certain things, right? And so we react to what we see and to what we hear. And if I said to you, there is an elephant here in the middle of the room, your eyes and your ears tell you there is not an elephant here in the middle of the room and so therefore you don't react, Right? Because you would be operating differently if there was an elephant here in the middle of the room because your eyes and your ears send this message to your brain that says it's not a good thing to be in a room with an elephant. Right? Right? Turn the person next to you and say, you are awake. And there is no elephant. All right, but you see, so you react according to what you see and what you hear. But Adam and Eve didn't do that before the sin. What they reacted to was their spirit. You see, their spirit would communicate because their spirit was in connection with the Holy Spirit. And so they would react and they would think and they would process according to what Holy Spirit said to them. And the whole, their spirit led their mind which then led their actions. And the mind responded not to what they could physically see in here, but what they could spiritually see in here. That's how Adam knew how to name all the animals, because he was inspired by Holy Spirit. And they would communicate with God by spirit. But see, when, when they sinned, when they took that fruit and ate it, their spirit became dead. And so they were subject to living by their natural forces, by what they could physically see and physically hear. Does that make sense? Just give me a nod and, yeah, it's okay, Phil, we're on the same page. When when Jesus came and he died for your sins and he came back to life, When you said, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior, your old self died as well. And you became a new creation in Christ. Right? And it says your old self passed away. What it's talking about, because, I mean, I still look the same. I didn't look at my body and go, oh, look, my hand's different. Or look at my face and go, I've got a new face. You know what? My face looked the same before I asked Jesus into my life to what it does after. And I've done altar calls, hundreds of them, and I've seen hundreds of people come and be saved. And you know what? They still look the same after they accept Jesus. Some get a bit more of a glow happening. Some are in tears. Some are laughing. Some aren't. But their physical appearance is still the same. And then sometimes I see them a week later. And you know what? They still look the same. So it's not our physical self that dies. It's our spiritual self, our old self, who we are inside dies. And what happens is our mind is supposed to die and our spirit is supposed to rise up. And our mind gets renewed and starts to follow our spirit. We change how we live from living according to what we can physically see and hear to what we can spiritually see and hear. Does that make sense? Are you sure? Let's look over to Romans chapter 12. We'll come back to our Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in a minute. We'll get there. So Romans 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you. I really encourage you. I implore you. I really want to say to you, this is a big key. All right? Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. In other words, in the Old Testament, they used to take the, the sheep or the cow or the dove or whatever it was, they'd stick it on the altar and they'd kill it and they'd sacrifice it. Yeah? What he's saying to you is, don't throw the sheep or the cow or whatever it is on there. You jump on there. You be the sacrifice. When you come to God, lay your whole self, lay your old self down. Die to your old self and your old way of living. And he gives us the key in how to do that. He says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't live by what you can naturally see and what you can naturally hear. Because you're supposed to live a life of faith. Because without faith, Hebrews tells us, it's impossible to please God. So if you want to live a life pleasing to God, you have to live a life by faith. And living by faith is not living by what you can see and what you can hear. Because Hebrews chapter one, chapter 11 verse one says, "Now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of what you have, not what you cannot see. So you may not be able to see it by your physical eyes, you may not be able to hear it with your physical ears, but your spirit can see it through its spiritual eyes and its spiritual ears. Because your spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit then comes and reveals to you what is to come and reveals to you what's happening in the spiritual realm. And if you can see it in the spiritual realm, then you can see it in the physical realm. But see, our problem is, you know, if we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see them there. Sorry, let me finish that verse, before we'll go back. Because it's really important to get this next bit. It says, We be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So don't conform to this world's way of saying things, but be transformed by renewing how you think so that your mind and your flesh is not leading what happens in your life. It's your spirit that's leading. Because Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. It's often when you hear God talking to you, it can sound like you. Do you know why it sounds like you? Because it's your spirit speaking to your mind. Because Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit, your spirit speaks to your mind. Yeah? And so you get these things and you think, oh, that's just me. No, it's not. And you have to learn over time to discern what is God and what isn't God. Because you have to train your mind to hear. Because when you start to train your mind, and you train your mind by putting the Word of God in, by spending time in the Word of God and spending time in God's presence. And as you worship Him and as you read the Word of God and spend time over it and you take time to listen, He will speak to your spirit, who will speak to your mind and you will start to see visions and dreams released. And this is what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego saw that they were there and were for them by their physical eyes and their physical ears because if you get, a, you get a furnace and you heat it seven times, it makes a noise. I remember when I worked for the bank um, and we used to get rid of our old documents by taking them down to the local smelter where they melted gold. Now, to melt gold, the furnace has to be hot, right? I mean, to melt any, any, any metal, the furnace has to be hot. And so we would go down and we'd cart these documents down in the van and, and load all these boxes off you know, with all these documents and, and we'd go and stand near the furnace. And we could only go so close because, but we had to supervise the, the documents going in. And we would be probably from here to maybe that fence away and we couldn't go any closer because we didn't have the clothing on to go and do that. And there'd be guys standing next to that furnace, and they'd be in the they'd be sweating away, but they'd have these special suits on to help keep the heat out. And they would get these boxes and they'd throw them into the furnace. And you could hear the flame; it was so hot. And you could see it, and you'd be sort of sitting there. You had glasses on everything, but you'd be hot, and your eyes are, are hot, and everything about you was hot because everything in my physical presence says that's hot and this is what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are in front of, they're standing there and this furnace is going and every one of the natural senses is telling them that is not a good place to be you know I was glad when I was doing it that the guy over there was putting the stuff in the fire because it was hot enough where I was I didn't want to be where he was and everything of their senses of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego would have said you don't want to be in the fire It's hot. (coughs) But they weren't living by their natural senses. They were living by their spirit. And they were listening to their spirit, and their spirit said, God delivers you. God has a way through. And so they were able to say to the king, you know what? Whether you throw us in the furnace or not, we're going to serve God because either way he's going to let us go. And some people say, why didn't God deliver them? Why didn't he just say, look, no, don't go in the fire. It's okay. Let's deliver them and send angels down there and do this amazing miracle and slay Nebuchadnezzar and set them free have to go in the fire. Because it didn't matter whether they are in the fire or not. They weren't going to get burnt. It didn't matter. Because they were living by what they could see in their spirit. And this is something we have to develop. We have to learn to live by our spirit. Last verse, Mark chapter 11. Click over there, Mark 11, verse 23, because you knew you had to go there sometime. You can't talk about faith without talking about that, right? And I want you to get this. If you are believing for healing in your life, if you are believing for God's provision, if you are believing for somebody to be saved, if you are believing to God to do something in your life, you have to stop trying to do it by what you can physically see and what you can physically hear. Because if you do it by that, Satan's going to, Turn the furnace up. He's going to put more pressure on. He is going to make it more difficult. He's going to go, how can I get you to stop believing? Because that's what he wants to do. You see, Satan cannot create. You need to understand that. He did not create anything. He is a created being. He has no power and authority except what you give him. Because Jesus has all authority and he's given that to us. And the way he gets his stuff, the way he gets by, is he tries to deceive you out of what is actually yours. And he comes along, deceives mankind, and takes what's theirs. So we've got to stop giving it to him. In fact, we need to start demanding it back. Sevenfold. But he does it by turning up the furnace and by hitting your natural senses and making you feel like, (coughs) feel like, the pressure is too much. Mark eleven twenty three says, For sure do I say to you, whoever says this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and doesn't doubt in their heart, believes those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. And I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Now, Jesus does this after doing the fig tree, and the fig tree is a really good story to know. Go to verse 12. It says, The next day, when they'd come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing on afar a fig tree having leaves, now when a fig tree has leaves, that means it's got fruit. All right, It produces leaves to protect the fruit. Having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it wasn't the season for figs. And in response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So Jesus does that, and then he goes off and does his business. Goes into Bethany in Jerusalem, does this and that and the others. He comes back at night. They walk past the fig tree. It looks the same. But go down to verse 20. Now in the morning, as they pass by, they're going through the same place again. They see the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter says, Remember the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus says... Have faith in God or have God kind of faith. What Jesus is teaching his disciples here is, stop living by what you see. Because you see, when Jesus saw the fig tree and he said, I curse you, die, what happened? When did the tree start to die? Straight away. When could they see it had died? The next day. You see, if the disciple, if Jesus had gone by what he saw, he would have said, well, that didn't work. And how many times have we said that? We speak something or we pray something and there's no physical change and we go, oh, that didn't work. Because we're living by our natural senses. We've got to stop doing that. You see, you could have confessed something a year ago and you're going, it hasn't happened yet. Stop cursing it. Stop living by your natural senses. You know, there was a friend of mine at school, (coughs) and that was a long time ago, if you really want to know that. (laughs) 20-something years ago. All right? I was in school, and I was praying for a friend of mine to be saved. And I did not see them become a Christian while I was at school. But about five years ago, this friend rang me up, I hadn't spoken to them in that time, so I hadn't spoken to them for 20 years. They rang up and said, there's this Phil Kinney that, you know, I went to, to school with. Yeah, yeah, it's me. How gone. you going? Yeah, good, good. I should let you know that I became a Christian today. 20-something <laughs> years later. Now, I could have any time when they're going, oh, well, that didn't work. But it did work. Because someone I prayed for 20 years before came to know Jesus. You see, we kill our seed and we kill off our blessing and we kill off our provision and we kill off our healing because we pray something and we stop believing. You see, when you walk by the Spirit and you say something or you pray something, and you believe that what you've said or what you prayed is true, and you believe that God's word is true, the moment you say it, it the, the spirit realm goes into action to bring it about. And your response is, thank you, Jesus, that's done. He simply said to us, Jesus said, pray to the Father in my name. So you go, Father God, I pray for and I ask for this. In Jesus' name, Amen. And if you believe what you 've said, you see, because when you 're living by your spirit, your desires will line up with God's, so you can pray with confidence to people go i don't know if it's God's will for me to have it." Well, then get into abiding in him and His word abiding in you, and it will. James says you don't have some things because you ask for the wrong motives. That doesn't mean you can't have stuff. that means you doesn't mean you can 't have blessing. Because you just need to know what the Word of God says. He says He will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He says He will give to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, if you're a giver. So if you're walking according to His purposes, if you are stepping into Him and abiding in Him and He is abiding in you, you can ask whatever you want and it'll be done. But then we do that and we kill it off. How do we kill it off? We go... That didn't work. Because we can't see it with our natural eyes. We see the fiery furnace. We see the heat turned up. We see the pressure come on and we go, and we let go of what God has for us. And the devil will steal what was yours, he'll take it. So it's time to take it back. So I want to say to you, you need to start living by your spirit, not by your mind. You need to start living not by what you can physically see in here, but what by you can spiritually see in here. You know, when you start hanging out with God, He will drop dreams and visions inside of you. He will reignite them from years ago and you'll be going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's God. So you speak it out. You pray out what He is giving to you. And then you leave it with Him to bring it about. If you need healing, it says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were already healed. So you speak over yourself, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you start walking like you're healed. You start acting like you're healed. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what you hear. It doesn't matter what the doctor says about you. You need to have God's word as your main authority. Not what you can see. And when you feel more pain and you're feeling worse and the diagnosis gets worse, that's just the furnace getting hotter. When that financial pressure comes on, that's just the furnace getting hotter. When that new bill comes in or that new situation you can't get through is there, that's just the furnace getting hotter. It can't hurt you any more than it could hurt you before. And it can't hurt you because you're not walking by what you can see and what you can hear. You're walking by your spirit. Yeah? So don't believe the lie. Oh, I'm preaching better than you guys are taking it. (laughs) Transform your mind and say to it, mind, you do not dominate my body. My spirit does because my spirit is connected to Holy Spirit. And I have the mind of Christ. Christ. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And whatever I put my hand to, prospers. Yeah? All right, we can go home and get excited about it later. Is the noise just too much? This is what what the devil does. He brings distractions. He brings things in that will say to you, look over here, look over here. Because he cannot touch you. You, know, you don't have to fight the devil, you just have to fight the good fight of faith. Do you know that? We spend too much time fighting the devil, he's already defeated. Why fight him? That's like getting, getting in a boxing ring, knocking the guy out, and he's laying in the ground. And you're going, I'm scared of him. That's what it's like. He is defeated, he's knocked out, he's lost. So now you've got to live the fight, the good fight of faith. What does that mean? You've got to start walking in faith and talking in faith. Because that's what pleases God. And stepping into what He has for you, even though your physical senses say it's not possible, through God, all things are possible. Yeah? Yep. So step into it. Stop doing the devil's work and confessing the rubbish. Talk what you want to happen. And he has a way through. Have faith in God. Have God's faith. How does God see your situation? That's how you need to see it. And if you don't know, you need to get your Bible out and find out. How does God see your situation? He doesn't see it with lack. He doesn't see it with poverty. He doesn't see it with sickness. He sees it with abundance and breakthrough. How does God see your situation? Let your spirit control, not your mind. Yeah? Yeah? Father God, I pray for every person here. Lord, I pray we get a revelation of living by our spirit. Lord, not by the fiery furnace that's in front of us, not by the pressure that comes our way, not by what we can see and hear and pushes into us, but Father, we will live by our spirit because that is connected to your Holy Spirit. So we will live by God, that you will be glorified in our lives. You will be magnified, Lord. We want You just want to reflect you in all that we do, in all that we say, in all of our life. Lord, we want to reflect your glory. That people will look at us and say, What is it about you? How can you keep on believing? How come you keep seeing breakthrough? How come so many good things come your way? How about when the pressure comes, you keep pushing on through? What is it about you? I want what you've got. That we reflect you, Father. We want to bless you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.